Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. So last week, we spent a couple of days at Waterton Lakes National Park in southern Alberta, experiencing winter in Waterton. Spent two nights at the fabulous Waterton Glacier Suites, one of the few hotels open during winter in Waterton. Staying in one of their loft suites with a beautiful view of the mountains right out our balcony window. It was very nice. We did some snowshoeing, something I haven't done for a very long time. And we had some great dining experiences, too, at the Red Rock Tateria restaurant located right at the Glacier Suites and at Vimy's Lounge and Grill just around the corner. And while we were there, I met up with the folks from Parks Canada to chat a bit and learn more about the park and some of the other activities to do during winter in Waterton. So we'll have that for you in a few minutes. We also did a dark sky tour with Dark Sky Guides in Waterton. It was a lot of fun. And if you've never done a dark sky tour, I highly recommend it. You do learn quite a bit about the constellations and the stars in the night sky. It was a short tour, only about an hour. And after the tour, I sat down with the president and co-founder of Dark Sky Guides, Keith Robinson. Their website, by the way, is darkskyguides.ca. So we're going to play that conversation for you now. Well, we just finished our tour. This is one of two tours that you operate during the winter. So just give me some background on Dark Sky Tours and yourself, how you got involved. I grew up here in Waterton Lakes National Park and have always been involved in tourism and hospitality. Um, always had a, an interest and a passion for the night sky. And a handful of years ago, my brothers and I started uh, this stargazing tour company, the Dark Sky Guides to share uh, the pristine, unpolluted night skies of Waterton Lakes National Park. Let's talk a little bit about uh, dark sky designation. I learned this from the people up in Jasper when we were there for their festival, so I know a little bit about it, but just for our listeners or whatever, you don't just call yourself a dark sky uh, area, right? There's certain procedures and things you have to do. There is, yes. And so here in Waterton, uh, Parks Canada, in conjunction with Glacier National Park in the United States. Uh, together the two parks are the world's first international peace park and so in 2015-16 they put together an application with the International Dark Sky Association, mm -hmm. an organization based out of Arizona um, that oversees dark sky designations. And so we put in our application, um, we're given tentative dark sky status in 2017 and then just last summer 2021, uh, we made it official. We are the world's first transnational international dark sky park. And a dark sky park is an area with unpolluted night skies. There's no light pollution mm -hmm. to speak of in this area. So it's a great place to go stargazing. And I think that's a growing trend with people. Are you finding that people are more interested in seeing the constellations and the dark sky and learning more about that? Absolutely. And I think this is, dare I say, one of the positives to come out of the pandemic mm -hmm. is people being at home started to get out in the backyard at night and look up overhead. Yeah. And so more and more over the last couple of years, people are becoming very interested in that night sky and, and what is up there and what's to see. And, and people are starting to get away from the city, get mm -hmm. away from home and away from the streetlights and come to places like Waterton Lakes National Park where there is little to no artificial light pollution. Uh, we take folks out and get them out into the back country and away from the streetlights and show them 
some of the darkest skies that you can possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. Well, that's one of the advantages you have. You really don't have to go very far outside the town limits to get into the dark sky. So you have two different tours. The one we did was, it's a nice tour. It's a walking tour. It takes about an hour, but it's it's, it's a good tour, right? It's for anyone to handle. It's a really comfortable tour. Yeah. It's called the Starry Skies Townsite Stroll. Mm -hmm. And even in the townsite of Waterton, we can get away from the streetlights in town, look up and see great clear night skies. Mm -hmm. So that's one tour that we offer. Uh, the other tour that uh, we just started offering this winter is a snowshoe based experience at night. So we give people snowshoes, headlamps, hiking poles, and we take them on a trek through the snow out in the back country. And again, really get away from the lights to, to enjoy the night sky. Mm -hmm. So uh, depending on your skill level and that kind of thing, you can, you can accommodate just about everybody, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so now tell me the difference, you know, we're in the winter, <laughs> and I asked this question when you're on the tour. I thought it was kind of a dumb question. You do see different constellations in the summer than you do in the winter, though. Absolutely. Um, over the course of the year, the night sky is constantly changing. And part of that has to do with um, the way our planet moves around the solar system. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, our planets on a tilt, which gives us the seasons. And as we progress through the seasons, uh, the sky overhead appears to change from our vantage point. So yeah. uh, the constellations we see tonight, like... Orion the Hunter, a beautiful, beautiful constellation, is only visible to us during the winter months. Yeah. And then in the summertime, we're looking at an entirely different night sky scape. And one insider tip that I learned too was uh, it's kind of like a, almost like a half moon tonight, not quite. So the moon is in itself sort of light pollution. So if you really want to see it, check the calendar and when there's a new moon that's when you want to book your trip <laughs> your tour that's, i mean <laughs> that's the preferred time to come visit waterton and, and check out the night sky uh, because during a new moon you don't have that we're going to call it that natural light pollution of the mm. moonlight um, you see hundreds and thousands of tiny little stars and that's the best time to actually see the milky way yeah. overhead to look up and see that milky way streaking across the night sky and uh, well, on this particular tour, you provide uh, the headlamps and just about you know all the equipment that you need, right? Which isn't yep. a lot of equipment because if, if the conditions, if it was icy or snowy, we would have hiking poles, we would have traction cleats to provide in the winter time. Um, on the snowshoe tour, we do offer the snowshoes as well, and then during our summertime tours, all you really need is your headlamp and your hiking poles, mm -hmm. and we provide all of that. Booking, they can just basically go on your website and they can book it right there. What's the easiest website, way to do that? Our, our business model is an online model. Mm -hmm. And so it's real easy to log on to our website, darkskyguides.ca. Uh, we've got a booking reservation calendar right there. It's just a couple of quick and easy steps to secure your reservation and you can do so as far in advance as you like. And people should be, I would think, want to do it as far as possible in advance. Um, there's a lot more demand for our tours. And so we do set a out quite regularly so mm -hmm. I recommend you, you book your tour in advance and I'd also recommend that people book their tour for their first night in Waterton Park okay that way if they get here on the first night and the sky doesn't cooperate maybe it's cloudy maybe it's too windy um, then you can reschedule hopefully for a subsequent night good point because uh, I mean obviously we are you are dependent on the weather and you can't control the skies if it's a cloudy sky then you might want to move it to a different night or something and that's like generally that. what we will do uh, we want to be able to show people the night sky in, in as amazing a sense as, as it is for people. And um, if it's cloudy, that takes away from the experience. Mm -hmm. So we do our best to try to reschedule. If we have to bring in extra guides, to offer multiple tours on a subsequent night, 
we'll do what, just about whatever it takes to, to accommodate everybody as best we can. Uh, Keith Robinson is the president and co-founder of uh, Dark Sky Guides. Again, their website, darkskyguides.ca. It was a fun time. I learned so much. I really do appreciate your time, Keith. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. So as I mentioned last week, we spent a couple of days at Waterton Lakes National Park in southern Alberta experiencing winter in Waterton. And I got the chance to meet up with Locke Marshall, Visitor Experience Manager with Parks Canada at Waterton Lakes National Park. And we talked about the park itself, its uniqueness and some of the winter activities and some of the tips you need to know if you're visiting in winter. So here's that conversation for you now. It's a little bit of windy day here in uh, Waterton. It's Waterton in winter, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Obviously, it's a lot quieter <laughs> in the winter than it is in the summer, but there's lots of things to see and do. Before we get to that, though, let's just uh, give some background about the park itself. It is its uniqueness compared to other parks. Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, uh, Waterton is uh, is part of the you know kind of the Rocky Mountains, obviously. So a lot of people come here because it, it's the mountains. Uh, it's it's a very unique place, uh, very biodiverse. It's, uh, it, it is, uh, has some of the oldest exposed sedimentary rock in the entire Rocky Mountain chain here, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, it was shaped by wind, as you saw today, <laughs> fire, flood, uh, so it's a very dynamic landscape, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons people find it interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of things that are about, uh, quite interesting about it is uh, we're right on the U.S. border, mm -hmm. and we actually... Uh, were back in 1932 designated as the world's first international peace park. So we work very closely with our American neighbors in Glacier National Park in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, and together, we, each of us, we, I mean, we have actually had other designations as well. Uh, we're a uh, World uh, Heritage Site designated by UNESCO, that happened in 1995. And uh, just recently, we were designated the world's first cross boundary uh, international dark sky uh, park by the International Dark Sky Association. Oh, cool. So, yeah. yeah. So How big of an area are we talking about? It's about 505 square kilometers. So it's not a huge park. It's smaller than uh, the other mountain parks uh, to the north of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, because of the landscape we have surrounding us, uh, it still is quite biodiverse. We have other protected areas near us. We're at, you know, Glacier National Park to the south, provincial parks on uh, on the west and, and north. So uh, collectively, uh, it's a, a large area that can support that biodiversity. So it's Waterton Lakes, plural. How many lakes are there? <laughs> well, there are many lakes in the park. I guess it depends on what you call a lake. The, the reason it has those are probably because of the, the main uh, chain of lakes. Okay. There's upper, middle, and lower Waterton Lakes. Uh, so that's, that's why it actually gets the name Waterton Lakes. Yeah. Um, I was uh, mentioning before that uh, there's no ski hill here. Why is that? Um, well, there, there are probably lots of reasons. One is it's a national park, and typically you don't have that kind of development in a national park. It's kind of an anomaly to see that kind of development in some of the parks to the north of us. But, okay. uh, that, so that's one reason. Uh -huh. The other reason is our, our snow is kind of odd here. There's only certain places where it's really consistent. It's because of that uh, frequent Chinook winds that you've just experienced today. Uh -huh. It's quite often very warm, tends to blow the snow away. So uh, there were attempts way back, way, way back to have small ski hills and yeah, it just yeah. didn't work. 
that, that doesn't mean there's no winter outdoor activities. Oh, there's yeah. lots to do. Yeah. Uh, just expand on some of the things. I mean, there's cross-country skiing, so if you like Correct. that kind of skiing, right? Yeah, oddly, uh, even though I just told you that the uh, snow conditions weren't that consistent enough, perhaps, to, to manage a ski hill very easily. Um, the area around Cameron Lake in Waterton Lakes National Park is actually one of the wettest areas in all of Alberta. So we get lots of snow there. And it's uh, the place that probably gets the most winter use as far as you know snow recreation. Mm-hmm. So lots of s- snowshoeing. Snowshoeing is really big now. Uh, lots of Nordic skiing, as you mentioned. But there's also lots of backcountry skiing as well, and uh, even you know the, the recent fire opened up some areas mm-hmm. for people to backcountry ski that become less brushy and they, and they use it a lot. So, so those kinds of things, ice climbing, but other people who don't even do those kinds of things, wildlife viewing, uh-huh. just driving through the scenery, uh, you know, picnics, that type of thing. So. Yeah, and I suppose, well, the fact that you do get the Chinook winds, people can enjoy the outdoors a lot more. It doesn't get quite as cold. Not usually. It can get fairly cold, but <laughs> yeah. we typically uh, get a break from that. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so what do people need to know when they come here at winter? Obviously, there's a lot of things that aren't open. There are some a couple hotels that are open and there's a few restaurants. But as far as uh, amenities, those types of things, they, they have to kind of be a little bit more prepared than they would in the summer, don't they not? Uh, that's correct, yes. Um, However, you know, we still have washrooms open, mm-hmm. I think. Not as, not as many as in the, in the uh, summertime, but there are facilities here. We're open year-round. It's, you know, the park is always open. Yeah. And, uh, but it, it does pay to be prepared. You have to come with your own supplies. There's not a, a fueling station here in the, in the winter, for, in, for yeah. instance. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a park visitor, you're going into a wilderness area, even though there are facilities here. Uh, you're expected to be able to be somewhat self-sufficient. Mm. So if you decide to go in the backcountry, you need to educate yourself about things like avalanches, about winter travel, what weather conditions, that type of thing. When does it start to get busy? I'm assuming probably like the May long weekend. Is, is that kind of a benchmark where people start thinking more yes, about... Yes, um, you know, through, through May, May through kind of through to... Thanksgiving is kind of the, the time that, that we're the busiest, mm-hmm. but uh, people do have to keep in mind that even on a busy winter day in uh, a weekend, uh, nice weather, uh, the area around Cameron Lake, uh, very, very busy, lots of people there, uh, lots of cars parked, so uh, you know we can get eight to 10,000 people a month even in the wintertime, so it's... Uh, really, it's, even it's, in the winter? Wow. Yes, yeah, it's quite uh, popular even in winter. Let's look ahead a little bit to spring now and summer and, uh, you know, like... Uh, camping, booking a camping site? Well, uh, our townsite campground is in really high demand. Uh, our, uh, our reservations actually opened back on January uh, 25th, so mm-hmm. uh, typically very shortly after the reservations open, the, uh, you know, especially the weekends are all filled up. Um, so it is important to reserve in advance to get into the, the townsite campground. Um, so it, you know it's a it's a one eight hundred number or our website uh, yeah. I should say one eight seven seven number mm-hmm. reserve, and uh, and so it's important to do that. Um, if they go looking right now, they'll see that there aren't a lot of uh, vacancies at this point, but vacancies do come up. So yeah. if they are interested in uh, in you know finding a spot. Keep you just checking. need to keep checking. Mm-hmm. People cancel. Uh, you know, things open up here and there. So, mm-hmm. and some of the uh, summertime activities. Uh, obviously, if you have lakes, there's boating and water activities. Correct. Yes, a lot of uh, paddlers come. Mm-hmm. You know, canoeing, kayaking, that type of thing. Uh, uh, motor boats are allowed on the upper and middle lakes. Um, there are some restrictions uh-huh. uh, that they need to know about. In that, 
we're trying very hard to keep out any invasive uh, species like uh, mussels yeah. and that type of thing that can totally ruin a waterway. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we're trying to do is, we, we, there are certain specific ways they can do that, an inspection station for canoes, kayaks, rowboats, standing paddle boards, that type of thing, a self-registry system for other water kind of things like floaties and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, motorboats, it's actually a 90-day quarantine period, so it's uh, it's important that they inform themselves about how to do that in advance mm -hmm. if you have a motorboat. Tell me about the relationship with Glacier National Park. It is Glacier National Park that's in correct. the U.S., right? In the U.S., yeah. yeah. We have a Glacier. Well, <laughs> that's in, where people in, in get, get well, confused. Yeah. But what's the relationship with them? We uh, we have joint management meetings. Uh, certainly, because we're in separate countries, we're yeah. managed separately, but we work very closely together. Yeah. We have uh, shared interpretive programs. We share some publications. Uh, we can give uh, advice about the other park, you know, it's because uh, we know that we have a lot of, we have, have traditionally had and we expect in the future to have a lot of people that, that uh, visit both parks yeah. at the same time. We even book some of the campsites for people going into the northern section of mm -hmm. Glacier here in Waterton because it's more convenient and we're closer to what the, where those trailheads are than their visitor centers are. Mm -hmm. So we have a very special relationship uh, that... Uh, that probably isn't it isn't seen too many other places in the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would suggest looking at our website and and Glacier National Park's website. Uh, if that's what you're planning to do, okay, how that works. Anything I missed that you wanted to add? No, I, I should though mention that if you really want uh, information about you know say you know, how to educate yourself about avalanches or mm -hmm. like that, please go to our website mm -hmm. uh, because the uh, we do have links there to you know how to travel safely, uh, hints on what to do, uh, hiking experiences, and certainly uh, a link even to uh, our local chamber of commerce uh, as for those types of uh, services if, they, mm -hmm. if they're looking for restaurants or yeah. hotels or shops or things like that. Locke Marshall is a visitor experience manager at Waterton Lakes National Park. Lots of information on their website, pc.gc.ca. It was fun chatting with you, Locke. Thank you. Well, thank you for your interest. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website, theinformedtraveler.org. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know, leave a review, tell a friend, or you can drop me a line. My email is randy at theinformedtraveler.org. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler or follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.org.